Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as they want us to say, Google Play Music, and even now the brand new Google Podcasts app, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. Joining me today on location here in Nashville at the 2018 Summer NAM Show, my guest is originally from New Jersey, now living in Los Angeles. She is a singer, songwriter, plays piano, released her debut EP last year, has new music that is going to come out later this year that we'll talk about. She appeared on a little TV show that you might have heard of called The Voice in Season 7 and was on Team Gwen Stefani and has performed at some very notable venues. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Gigi Rich. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, welcome. Good to meet you. Yeah, you too. And uh, enjoyed the show last night. Congratulations. Nice performance at the Listening Room Cafe. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, it was an amazing crowd, too. It's always nice when you feel like they're listening and very receptive. So it was great. Yeah, Yeah. always good to perform in a listening room environment as opposed to competing with clanging glasses and sports on TV and all that kind of thing. I know, I know. (laughs) Way better than like a sports bar with, yeah, with the TVs on. So, yeah. Well, uh, we were just playing a song of yours during the intro called Same Kind of Crazy. So before we kind of get our sleeves rolled up too far here and start getting into things, um, tell the listeners about that song. Um, So I actually had gotten, so that's part of my last EP and the one that I released early last year. And I had gotten like four songs done in Kansas City with this really awesome producer. And I know as soon as I say Kansas City, people are like, why yeah. did you record If this that? was a video podcast, <laughs> listeners, you would see I just furrowed my brow yeah. when she said that. I looked at her like, wait a minute, Kansas City. Yeah. Um, I found this really awesome producer and we worked together. Um, yeah. For four songs, I was out there for like three weeks. And then... How, how did you find... A produ- the you, you were in New in Jersey at the time? Yeah, so I live really close to New York, so I was always commuting in and out of the city, and I happened to meet this producer through a, kind of um, like a mentor for me on piano, and he said, because I wanted to you know, put out original music and because I had been writing and going and traveling around and doing a bunch of sessions, I was like, okay, you know what, I'm ready to put out do start doing my own thing i say i'm an artist i need to kind of walk the walk so (laughs) um yeah they set me up with this producer and i sent him some of my demos and he actually flew out to new york at first because he had some work going on there and we met and it's really important that you click with the producer since you're going to be spending more time than you would expect together just because i love to be involved in in the process so i'm just even if i'm not doing anything i'm just sitting there watching making sure well you (laughs) know it's you're kind of babysitting your songs yeah exactly i just i'm a perfectionist in that way but yeah we um were put together by a friend um and he was like hey i have a studio in kansas I think we should record there. It's a really great setup. And I had never been to Kansas. And I don't know. I kind of had this urge to travel. All worked out. So I thought, okay, I'll just go to Kansas. Why not? So I ended up doing that. And I recorded the songs there. And then I felt like I was missing a little something. 
and I had done a trip. I was like, I don't know which one is going to be the title track. I guess I should say that. And then we did a trip to L.A. and I had a meeting with this producer that I had just added on Facebook. He accepted my request Mm -hmm. and I asked if I could meet him. And long story short, we went in and he said, I think you would fit really well with this producer. Um, His name is James Krause. And so... We had a meeting, and he works very closely with a writer, Stefan Scarbeck, who has written with Amy and all these really amazing people. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay, so we meet, and I kind of talk about what I'm looking for. And they were like, well, let's just do a track together. Let's see what happens. And uh, we got into the room together, and we just kind of spoke about what was going on in my life. And same kind of crazy came out of that. Uh, Okay, okay. (laughs) And, And I really like the song. It's almost kind of strange that we're meeting in Nashville because you know I'm in Tampa you're in you're in LA (laughs) and we're here in Nashville where granted you know I've only been here for maybe about 36 hours on this particular trip I mean I've been to Nashville plenty of times but yeah you know on this particular trip I did hear somebody already saying like yeah Nashville is finally starting to break out of the stereotype of just being country music oh yeah and so it is refreshing to be in Nashville yet hear the music that the song that we just played from you seeing you last night and hearing your sound it 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 really caught my attention because maybe it's because i'm in nashville and i'm expecting to hear country but i just liked what i heard and it is you know it 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 was refreshing to me I, i i really liked that song i appreciate that yeah um i feel like it was just the acts last night they were all very different, which I liked. There was a duo. There was someone on guitar. There was someone with more of a band. So I was just really happy to be there and, and share my music with everyone. So I mentioned in the intro that you released that EP last year, and you already have new music. In fact, we were talking off-air listeners, Gigi and I, before we started uh, about a particular song that she did last night. But you're looking at maybe this fall to already have more new music coming out. Yes. I actually worked with the same producer um, and writer producers that I worked on Same Kind of Crazy with for this entire EP. We got back into the studio in L.A. because I moved to L.A. I think August of oh last gosh, year. Oh my gosh, you read my mind. I'm, I was telling myself when she finishes this answer, I'm going to ask her when and why did she move to L.A. And yeah. Lo and behold. Yeah, <laughs> I moved uh, late August last year. And it was kind of crazy, my reasoning for, not my reasoning for doing it, because I moved out there for music, but I kind of decided three, four weeks in advance. I told my parents, I was like, I'm moving to the West Coast. (laughs) And they're super supportive of my career, so they understood, but they're very sad because I live from a uh-huh. I live yeah, or grew up nice, in a very honey. tight-knit Pass family. Salad. Wait a minute. Did she just say she's moving to the West yeah. Coast? <laughs> exactly. It was kind of yes, like I that. Yes, I did. And here's the salad. <laughs> yeah, I booked a one-way ticket and I stayed with some friends and I finally found a place and it's just been a whirlwind. But yeah, and then when I w- talked about moving out there, I we were keeping I was keeping in touch with James and Stefan and we just decided to do the project together. So. And so... Is there a target release? How many songs will it be? Is this going to be an EP, a full album? What are, what are we looking at? It's going to be an EP. Um, I believe there are there are four or five songs. I'm actually doing one more. So there's going to be five songs. And, yeah, the target release, I'm hoping for the first week of September. It's definitely going to be September. I'm actually filming a video for the first single next week, which I'm super excited uh-huh. about. Very nice. So that's going to be great. But, yeah. 
Uh, you'll film that in uh, Los Angeles, obviously. Yes. You'll film the video. Yes, yes, yes. And um, this trip to Nashville, are you are you just here because of last night? Um, like ninety percent. And then I also really just wanted to check out Nam and. I have never been to Summer Nam. I've only ever been to the one in L.A. Even when I lived in, in New Jersey, New York, I always wanted to come out here. So Outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a good experience, and, you know, it, it's an opportunity that you got last night. We were talking off air before we started today that that was, for all intents and purposes, your first formal performance, performance. in Nashville. Yes, and you know, I really have to say I love the vibe of Nashville. Everybody's very accepting. It's just very, very, very nice. I wasn't nervous. Sometimes I get really nervous before I sing because I just want to be my best. And, you know, the artist thing, you drive yourself crazy. That's but. great. <laughs> that, that's great because some people would say, oh, my gosh, my first performance, it's Nashville. It's the listening room. So I know everyone's going to be listening. And yeah, there were so many people. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, listeners, she was talking about the number of songs in her EP. Go back and listen to episode 227 when my guest was Stephen Malcolm. And he said on that episode that if you want Grammy consideration, your EP has to have five songs oh. on it. And it not, you know, if it's four, then it doesn't. Or less. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know so, that. Um, so that was an, an interesting takeaway from that interview. And uh, he kind of talked about how one of the songs of his that we played he said, you know, we weren't even really going to include that song. And then we said, oh, wait a minute, we need five. Let's use that one after all. <laughs> so if you do put five, I'll on be your sure EP to put five four, now. Then there you go. I mentioned in the intro and listeners, if you're just coming to now hear this entertainment for the first time, you know, props to Gigi. But this is not the first person that we've had on the show in, in you know, more than 230 episodes who has been on The Voice. There have been people on the show before from American Idol, The Voice, America's Got Talent, The X Factor. If you want to know who the others were, just email me, podcast at nhte.net, and I'll send you back a list, and you can go back and listen to some of the others. But, you know, it's going to follow you around for, for a lot of years still. So I if know. you don't mind, I have to ask you. I'm required by podcast no, law. It's to <laughs> talk no, about, it's Talk it's about fine. being on, on The Voice in, uh, in Season 7 on Team Gwen Stefani. Yeah, the experience was incredible. I met a lot of really, really amazing artists. Um, I have to say there was no sense of competitiveness. Sometimes you feel like when you walk into a room of art, a lot of great up-and-coming artists, you might feel a little anxious. Quote unquote, um, listeners, I'm holding up air quotes on a competition show. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it's a reality show. And um, yeah, but there was no sense of that. It was just really friendly, really great. The producers are really nice. Um, they really take care of you when you're on the show very well. And working with Gwen was really, I mean, I've been a hardcore Gwen fan for a really long time, like from no doubt to her solo career to I've been following her um, also cause she's Italian. So, you know, <laughs> fellow Italian girl, but um, yeah. So being able to meet with her um, and work with her and she gave some really good advice about stage presence and basically, and you know, dealing with when you get nervous and trying not to, it's like the fear of looking stupid can hold you back and it doesn't matter because in the moment that's what you're feeling and if you watch the video like, say you watch a video of yourself after you perform it doesn't matter how you think you look because in that moment 
the crowd was loving it because yeah. uh, you're just you you're raw and you're you and that's what people want to see they well, don't want to see this over rehearsed it's yeah. natural you're 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 always your own worst critic and i know yeah. that i've had clients who have watched videos of themselves perform and said oh look at the ridiculous faces that I yeah i do it because like- i have to because i just need to see kind of what works and what doesn't sometimes but i i really try not to judge my face because i make some some strange some strange stuff is going on sometimes and because so. like you said you're in the moment and so part of your art is the artistic expression mm-hmm. literally on your face and it's you know you're hoping that the people are so caught up in the music that it doesn't matter yeah and it doesn't it, like 99 percent of the time it doesn't matter so well, i'm glad to hear that it was a good experience for you <laughs> yeah, full disclosure great. there have been one or two guests on this show who have been on some of those shows that I've mentioned that have said, if I had the chance to do it all over again, I would not. And talked about why they wouldn't. Uh, uh, One guy, Mark Andrew, who was on the show that Mm -hmm. was on both American Idol and The Voice. Oh, wow. And I don't want, I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but in other words, he's not a household name in 2018. So I always encourage the listeners who are up and comers. Yes. They're, they're good shows to go on. If you leverage it properly, it can be to your benefit, but don't put all your eggs in that basket because unless you win, then... Well, some of the newer shows, I think, are a bit more supportive of the original music. They don't hold you under any sort of... You can't release for however long after you've been on. They let you release. And I think yeah, if you're looking to go on a show to go on one of those i'm not gonna say names or anything but (laughs) (laughs) yeah there are there are shows out there where um if if you really want that that quick you know social media growth and you have music prepared that's the most important thing when you go on these shows i really think you should have at least a single ready you have to take advantage of that of that momentum because before you know it, the next season of that show is going to start and you have to kind of yep. put yourself, you have to set yourself up yeah. so you don't lose your all your traction then you're back at square one. I wanted to talk about, I love that you play piano. Thanks. Everybody plays guitar and everybody who plays both eventually only plays guitar because they talk <laughs> about the portability and so, I mean, it's not I got used to lugging my 85-pound keyboard around, so... <laughs> Well, but but talk about that, though, because you can't just say, well, any place I perform, they'll have a piano I can play. No, they won't. They won't have a guitar you can play either. they won't. But to your credit, here you are in Nashville playing one show last night, and the piano had to make it all the way to Nashville, and it has to make its way all the way back to Los Angeles. So obviously, I know that you attended classes at Juilliard. You're taking online courses at Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Are you classically trained? I am. Piano? I'm classically trained on the piano. Yes. Yeah. So that's not going anyway anytime soon. You're glued to that instrument now. Yeah, I love. I love piano. I just gravitated towards it when I was very, very young, and it's just always been something i did try guitar for about five minutes it just wasn't really my thing (laughs) i'm not a strummer um you know i like to play i like to play piano it's just beautiful i love to sit and write i love to just create it and it's i love how big it is i don't know i like being wrapped up in big grand piano and, and you know last night everybody was playing guitar there's four artists on the bill last night and so i mean you stand out because you have red hair but it's like okay that only goes so far hey look at now she's playing piano i'm paying attention for a second reason and then people hear your songs your voice you know the 
the the lyrics, the, the structure of the songs, and they go, okay, this is someone I want to pay attention to. Oh, so thanks. I think that helps you out to, to stand out. Yeah, I never really realized that the red hair was a thing, but I guess... It is, you know, on stage it looks cool. So, yeah, against the right background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say where do you see this all going, but just talk about that anyways. You know, what, what what's kind of your vision for? I mean, we talked about you're going to release new music later this year, but moving to Los Angeles, I mean, you, you're you're obviously all in. And, and yes. Oh, you mean career wise, just yeah, in general, what yeah. I want. Um, well, I mean, for my career, I I really do want to be a successful artist i do want to break into and i sometimes people take this the wrong way i do want to be a mainstream artist that doesn't mean that i have to conform to the formula of mainstream music and what plays on the radio because there are artists that have made it to be very successful and they are i mean look at adele for example it's like you listen to set fire to the rain and then i don't know whatever pop electronic song i sound like an old person is out now (laughs) and there's just and they're still both on the radio playing right next to each other so yeah i i want to be touring making records um yeah i'm in it for the long haul for sure so i'm just putting the work in now paying my dues i'm really grateful that uh Gigi made time to come out here today to the music city center at the 2018 summer nam show here in nashville and i'm grateful to tascam for making it possible for me to be here and for the great equipment of theirs that i've used we have the tascam dr 44 wl that gg and i are recording into right now listeners it's good for if you got song ideas and you don't want to sing them into your phone you can record into that i'm using tascam uh, tm60 microphones right now i have my tascam headphones on You've heard me talk about them before, all the gear that I have back at home base, all the Tascam stuff that I use when I record whatever is the opposite of on location. Check them out at Tascam.com, T-A-S-C-A-M.com. And thanks again to Tascam for enabling me to be here this year once again as we were last summer, as we were in Anaheim in January, (laughs) as we were in Anaheim last January, and hopefully next January too. So I want, I want to figure out the math here. So you're 21. I'm, I just right turned now? 22. Just turned 22. Yes. Okay. So that means that when you were on The Voice, you were maybe 17. I was 17 turned 18. And yes. then let's check this out, listeners. Gigi wrote her first song at age 13. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> which went on to top the songwriters circle charts for several months. And then you won Amateur Night at the Apollo Theater. Yes. That's not easy to do. <laughs> it was... Yeah. It was very, it was scary because they're allowed to boo you. They're allowed to just, so, you know, if you have an act. So, so how old were you that night? Oh, I was maybe 15, 16. I mean, who goes and boos a 15 or a 16 year old? Come on. Well, people, you know, all the In dance hindsight, troops. Give this girl a break. <laughs> <laughs> all the dance troops and stuff they'll bring out. Well, no, I'm not going to say the dance troops, but people will bring out loads of people. And then they don't exactly ask the people they brought out. Yeah, boo everyone else. But they're trying to support who they're there for and they want them to win. So sometimes they will. And some people, just because you're allowed to, they, they want to. Oh, they want to have fun. They they think it's funny, but mm. it's not because what it, you have to think about the person on stage. Well, but I imagine that you had to have a good degree of 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 confidence because listeners, I want you to understand. You know, as, as I said before, it bears repeating. I mean, this girl has honed her craft from from the best 
classes at Juilliard. She's taking online courses from Berkeley College, graduated high school at 16. So yes. I got to believe that there's a, a nice confidence level that goes along with all that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like, I, I don't know why I say, yeah, I, I deal. I definitely deal with the, the natural insecurities that come with being an artist. And, um, but I really, you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in your talent. You have to believe that you have a lot to offer. Otherwise, people will just eat you alive, sort of. So, yeah, when I went out there, I was like, whatever. If I heard one or two boos, I was just like, okay, get out of here. You know, yeah. I'm just going to keep saying, I'm just going to keep screaming in your face. So, <laughs> good for you. Good for you. I love that. Because I sang Girl on Fire. So, by Alicia Keys. It was just really funny because I was, you know, I was just belting. I mean, not un, in a bad way or an unhealthy way, but I was just belting my brains out. I'm like, everyone, listen. <laughs> That's good okay. to be Billy. So here's where we're going to go next. So on episode 230, a few weeks ago, my my guest was Biebs. And listeners, if you heard that one, it was a very rare moment in the history of NHTE when I actually was getting misty. And uh, and she was she was on Skype. I was in Tampa. She was in San Diego. And, and go back and listen to that if you haven't heard it, but episode 230. Uh, and so one of the things that we talked about is that as a songwriter, and I had told her that two weeks earlier in episode 228 with Nina Lee, who is a singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist from New York, we talked about that you become vulnerable, you know, that as a songwriter, you really do kind of put yourself out there and you, you know, you bury your soul. And, and like I said before, babysitting your songs in the studio, these, these songs are your babies. Yeah. And I'm already getting choked up on your behalf, but you had to overcome the loss of your older sister at the age of eight. And it's something that actually ended up, she's not even tearing up yet. And I am, I, um, but it, it, it don't it, take it personally. I just, I have my own way of, of coping, <laughs> but it, but it, it, it pushed you to completely immerse yourself in creating music. Yeah, I, it was almost, when you're in that much pain, it's just, what do you do? Like, what do you do when you're... And this in, is what Biebs talked about, that she had lost her mom in 2010 and said that she was talking out loud to somebody who wasn't even there. Her oh, mom yeah. Her mom was gone and, and was talking about, you know, what this does that people just feel like, well you're a performer and they just have this vision of you as like this celebrity type person. It's like, no, I'm a real person with real problems. And in this case, I'm, I'm going into my music. It's the one thing that I, that I know. It I was the one to. thing that I could do that I could have not necessarily. Con well, I did, I did feel like my life was out of control and I was also young and, um, I have a little sister and an older brother and, everybody was coping in their own way and it was really scary because I was coping in my own way and I know everybody was trying to stay strong but I feel like everyone of course is silently kind of suffering and I that's when I started writing poetry just like weird little it's sad when I look back on it um the poetry I was writing it was pretty sad but it was just what my frame of mind was at that time and yeah, of course I still go back there I miss her every day I write about it all the time I think about her every day but um yeah so 
Yeah, there's a there's a little known fact about yours truly, and and it's taken more than four years, I think, for the listeners to get little peeks behind the curtain at the host of NHTE. Uh, you mentioned before that you're Italian. People see this big, long Polish last name. I'm actually half Italian. And, oh, and it's are always you? been the more dominant half in my upbringing. Yeah. And I think people just almost find it hard to believe because they see Wozniak. Um, but but I lost a brother. Uh, when, oh, I'm so when sorry. He was just a little baby. And, and sorry. you know, I, I sort of was too. So, you know, those of us that have lost someone like that, especially when we're kids, you know, it, it, doesn't, it you shapes don't for, you well. And, and no matter how many years go by, you know, you, you never forget. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, this year it's going to be uh, in August, it's going to be 14 years. It just doesn't even feels like it's been maybe three or four. If that, it just doesn't feel like it's been that long because life goes by so fast. But at the same time, when you deal, when you experience something like that, it's like all time stops and you just don't, I don't know. The only thing that I could do was whatever I could must muster up the energy for, which was, at first, just listening to music. Um, we had a very strong bond over listening to Alicia Keys. And I remember when Fallen first came out, she burned it on a CD and she put it on. And it would play. And she's like, you have to listen to this girl. And yeah, it was Alicia. And this was before she was huge. This was right before Fallen got huge. This was before she was Alicia Keys. Yes. <laughs> and I just remember hearing it. And that's really what inspired me because my sister was the one that inspired me to play the piano because she used to play uh. and I used to watch her and I would beg my parents for lessons. I was like, please, please, please. And then, you know, I was playing chopsticks for like six months because that's all I, you know, ever wanted to <laughs> Maybe do. Maybe if I play chopsticks yeah, long enough, I'll mom and dad will get sick yeah. of hearing me. Okay, let's get her lessons. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, she inspired me to do that. And then I kept listening to Alicia and she got bigger and songs in a minor came out and, um, everything, uh, her records, she started to release records and play and I'd be watching. I remember on AOL, I'd log into AOL and see all the different <laughs> you articles. You do sound old for someone who's only 22. I don't Talk know. About I AOL. used to set my background as the donuts <laughs> on AOL cause you could change your background when I had an email. It was my favorite thing. But yeah, so, um, I started listening to Alicia and I didn't realize at first because I wasn't watching music videos that she was playing and singing. And when I saw that, when I was maybe 10, 11, I wanted to try it. I didn't think it would turn into anything. I was just, I'm going to sing and play. I'm going to take this poetry, this um, stuff, sad stuff that I've been writing and turn mm -hmm. it into music. And it took me a really long time to formulate my first song because I was young. I didn't understand the concept of songwriting. I feel like sure. I didn't truly know what I was doing, mm -hmm. but I just kind of didn't knew. know what you're doing. But at the same time, you also knew there was something there. Yeah, there was just something I wanted to keep working on. It was just fueled purely by um, my love for music and turned into my first song. And I recorded the demo and I didn't even know rec what recording a demo was. And my brother's friend has a studio and he's like, why don't you just come in and record it? And yeah, I did. And, and uh, everything took off from there. So. But let me ask you, because you are quoted as saying, I don't write about anything that I have not personally experienced. Yes. Don't you think that there's going to come a time where you're going to go, you know what? I just either, either a, on the business side, the business side is dictating to me like I need more songs or B, you're going to say, 
gosh, I know I said that, but I just kind of feel like I've written about everything that's worth writing about at this point. I got to just start m- making stuff up. I think that when you have, so say, I don't know, a licensing company comes to me and says, I need a song about the happiness you feel when you fall in love or something. I feel like I, we've all, we've all experienced so many things, so many emotions in our life. I truly feel like, I mean, I've experienced that. I could pull it out of me. I can tap into that. That's the beauty of being an artist. You can tap into these different emotions, even if you don't think for your personal record that they're worth writing about, um, it's it, it challenges you a little bit. Sometimes I need to break out of my shell with that stuff. I can get very caught up in what I'm feeling, and not in a selfish way, but it's it. I, I'm an I am an extremist. I'm all consumed with whatever my thought is in that moment, <laughs> and so I feel like okay, this is going to bring me out of it, and I feel like will kind of help me, um, put me in a different mindset. I can't live in the same mindset forever. So, yeah, but I really do try and stick to personal experience. If somebody asks me to write about something I don't know, I'll try for sure. I'm going to put my all into it, but I guess I should say I I prefer to write about what I know because what's the point? I mean, I, I guess I could research, but... I don't well, know, just blabbering. The, you know, every, every day we have new experiences with something. So there's going to be new situations that are continuing to present themselves to you that the challenge upon you will be to say, gee, I guess maybe I could write a song about that. You know, just kind of like I, I always reference this, but, you know, the Seinfeld episode where they're trying to come up with ideas for the pilot. And mm-hmm. what'd you do today? Nothing. That's a show. You know, so you could look back and go, well, you know, yesterday I did X, Y, Z. I guess maybe I can make a song out of that. I mean, I know that you're passionate about working with organizations that support domestic violence and mental mm-hmm. health awareness. And, mm-hmm. and you can speak to that if you want. But in other words, those will be environments that you might find yourself in where you might say, this has now inspired a song in me. Yeah, I'm very passionate about helping um, with domestic violence and mental health, domestic violence. That's how I lost my sister. So that's very, very, very important to me. One day I really do want to open up or start a foundation and I want to open up a shelter for um, men and women who are in abusive relationships because it's not just women that aren't can be in abusive relationships. It can be everyone. And I would love to just have a place for those people to go and we can help set them up and start new lives and because it's uh, it's just I can only imagine how that feels to you have to just run away from everything because you're scared and I don't know I just want to help I want to help one day so when I have the I don't know what it money and <laughs> it's like I, and I have so many ideas <laughs> I just need <laughs> money <laughs> and yeah. resources not the not the actual you're not going to go out there and with the cement and you're not going to like build the building yourself but you <laughs> yeah if I built anything myself it would fall apart in about two days so <laughs> ironically when I'm working around the house I always say that jobs are so much easier when you have the right tools and it's just like being so much more enjoyable when you have a guitar that gives you the really great sound that you would want it to have. That's why I myself play a Boulder Creek guitar, mm-hmm. and it's why it's been chosen by players from the likes of Fleetwood Mac, Rascal Flats, among many, many others. Just one look at the body alone of a Boulder Creek guitar and the location of the sound hole, you'll see it doesn't 
look like all the other guitars. If that's all it was, then you might just kind of gloss over it. But it's, it definitely stands apart in its sound from all the other guitars. Take a look at bouldercreekguitars.com for more information, not only about the guitars themselves, more of their artists, online and in-store dealers. This stuff is all on the website, bouldercreekguitars.com, with the letter U in the word boulder. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus, it's appropriate that I'm in Nashville and talking to someone who lives in L.A. Don't let your head get too big if you move to one of the three big markets, Nashville, New York, or L.A., because people who you know will say to people that they know that so-and-so's head got too big once they moved there. And you might lose opportunities because of the air that you're giving off. Keep the ego in check. Your new address only means you've physically arrived. It doesn't mean you have in the music career sense. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes, and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. You were mentioning before, uh, just talk about some of these folks that, that you've collaborated with, some of Los Angeles and, and here in Music City, Nashville's leading songwriters. There's a, a pretty healthy list that you're starting to <laughs> develop of people that you've collaborated with. Yes, I feel very lucky that I, I should I, I don't know, I feel weird name dropping. <laughs> well, okay, so just for instance, so... Since you are from New Jersey and now you're living in Los Angeles, how are you to the point where you have collaborated with some leading songwriters from Nashville? Um, you're saying how... How did you get to meet? How did you get connected with people in Nashville being from New Jersey and then moving to Los Angeles? You never yeah. actually lived here. So I was signed to a production deal when I was 14 and... This it, is a humble girl. I mean, that's a that's a big deal, and, <laughs> and it's not even in the notes, and you're just saying it like, oh, I don't know. I just happened to get signed to this production deal I when I was really hard at the ripe old age of 14. I have to get better. I have to get better. I'll get better Let's at see, it. Let's see. At 14, I was graduating from eighth grade, yeah. and I was playing basketball, and I was the class president, and I was thinking about going into ninth grade. I mean, how boring is that? And here's you, like, oh, I got signed to this production deal. I don't know if that's worth mentioning on the show or not. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> definitely worth that it's just so many different my life has already taken me in so many different directions it's hard for me to remember that's why my mom is my manager she remembers everything so she you know usually if she's here she'd be like oh remember to say this this and this i'm like oh i need to try and remember everything but yeah i got signed to a production deal when i was 14 and i kind of i already knew that i wanted to go more into the soulful like a pop soul r&b type of thing and, um, because of Alicia Keys, I'm, I imagine. Because of her, yeah. And I also grew up, I mean, my, my mom and my dad, they had Sinatra, Al Green, Etta James. They had, and then my mom is a big Stones fan, so, and Queen, and the Cars. So I was 
introduced to really great music. I didn't realize it at the time, but I think my parents have great music taste. <laughs> and it kind of helped shape what I love to listen to and how I write. And so, yeah, I got signed to a production deal. And they wanted me to explore a little bit before we started making um, original music. And they said, we're going to fly out to L.A., write some pop stuff. We're gonna fly out to Nashville, do some uh, country pop okay, stuff. Okay. We're going to stay in New York do some more pop soul and i mean i worked with pop writers in nashville don't get me wrong we weren't writing like straight country sure, sure. Um, it was just and i appreciated that it really made me realize that it, it solidified my thought process of yes i want to make pop soul music and yeah so that's how i got to work with people out here the um two people that set up the production company that i was signed to they set up everything for me and that's kind of and then i it, it, you know it's my job to really establish those connections because it's easy to just get in the room not barely talk right a whatever song and then leave yeah i wanted to get to know these people and i want them to know yeah i'm 14 15 years old but this isn't the last but you're gonna see of me <laughs> yeah remember my name i'm yeah, gonna be around this absolutely. isn't just a 14 year old you know taking a kick at this and you know next year i'm gonna be cheerleading and the year after that i'm gonna be playing soccer and then after that i'm gonna walk away from all of the above yeah no I'm, this wasn't a fleeting thing i already knew that i think my my parents knew that too and yeah that's how i got set up with a lot of the writers and then i just kind of maintained a connection with all of them and that's how i got a lot of my first ep is through those getting inspired by those sessions because it, it was amazing being that young well and check this out listeners so Gigi just said that she just turned 22 but you've already played at some really notable venues the mint in los angeles uh, rockwood music hall and the bitter end in new york you those last two probably ring a bell with you if you did hear my interview that i mentioned before episode 228 with nina lee she talked about rockwood music hall and the bitter end mm-hmm. and i had said that blake morgan back on episode 208 has had this residency where he's been selling out every single show for I think it was two and a half years. Uh, go wow. back and listen to episode 208 with, with Blake Morgan. The Bitter End also takes me all the way back to episode 95 with young Chloe Collins. I believe she was the first guest on the show that we talked about that venue with. But check this out, listeners. So Gigi has also played in the likes of, obviously, New York, New Jersey, Los Angeles, even Colorado, and yeah. then this one makes me think of episode 175 with uh, Katie Bell, who is from Atlanta, and she's a model and a singer-songwriter. And so she has started to get opportunities when she's got modeling gigs that they find out that she's a performer. Mm. And so she also ends up performing at them. And lo and behold, here's Gigi Rich, who has played at BeautyCon in Las Vegas and a festival fashion show in Dallas. And and, and you just turned 22. And, and this list sounds like somebody who has been performing for 20 years instead of oh thanks yeah yeah i mean i'm definitely i'm not i'm not a model but i do love all things beauty and makeup and all that so it was a total blast but but if you're not a model then how how are you getting these these gigs where you're playing at beauty con and at a festival fashion show um i think it's because did you know somebody no, 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 no. Um, I how did I get all of those? I think I applied, or I was talking to. I I, I happened to meet people, so I went to go meet with this clothing company, 
And um, there was this girl there who was like, you know, there's all this stuff coming up for Fashion Week in New York and all that. And she's like, I'm going to contact some of the coordinators and see if they need any acts and share um, your music with them. And, yeah, I got it purely based on on music. I've never... I mean, I, I yeah, I just... I'm not a model. She's being humble again. I'm not listeners, a model. She's being humble again. I don't know if you know this, listeners, but when we promote shows, when we promote episodes of NHTE, there's a different picture on the show page than from what we put on Facebook, than from what we put on Instagram. So look at all her pictures. This is a very attractive girl that I'm talking to here oh, today. Oh, thank you. And then for that matter, just check out her website, ggrich.com. Uh, she's on Instagram. She's on Twitter. She's on Facebook. And obviously... She is on Spotify, but you know, listeners, that I always encourage you, the best way that you could support the guests on the show, the best way that you could support these artists is to actually purchase their music, download it from the likes of iTunes and your traditional online retailers, and keep up with Gigi online for more information about the new music that she'll be releasing later this year, and stay tuned for when specifically that comes out so that you can continue to support her by purchasing her new EP. Yeah, thank you. So... I just want people to know, last night specifically, we've talked about it several times, but it was the Women's International Music Network presenting the She Rocks Summer Showcase. Again, for those listeners who are performers themselves and trying to listen every week to learn from me and from my guests, again, a girl from New Jersey that now lives in Los Angeles that doesn't regularly spend time in Nashville, how did you get booked to play? Because that sounded like it was a pretty exclusive event last night in terms of the founder, I believe she was, of the Women's International Music Network, I think she said there was like a thousand applicants, perhaps, and you were oh, one I of only four that. acts. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Um, yeah, so I actually, I'm a part of the Women in Music Network online, and it was just kind of something that I was curious about, and it's not expensive. You just sign up right online, and they have different chapters for wherever you live. If you live near a major city, they probably have one there, and I signed up for the Los Angeles one, and they send you emails, and I really just got the notification in an email and they were like apply now only a few slots and I was like yeah right like I'm gonna get this but <laughs> I really wanted it of course so I filled out the application I made sure everything was perfect but you didn't attach though you know you you sent it in and you didn't say you know I'm gonna sit by my email every day like it would be oh, great you to can't. have but exactly. I mean in this industry it's um it, it's not I mean rejection isn't a it, it just happens it's yeah, just part yeah. of making it I'm trying to make it you have to understand rejection and not take it so personally because they're not trying to hurt your feelings there's just a million people probably yep. applying for the same thing especially with these types of things it's like oh apply for a slot um the chances of well i'm not going to say that the chances of and getting when you it, got it you probably I was freaking out i was so excited <laughs> i was like i can't believe it <laughs> i was so excited because i just love like i've heard so many great things about the listening room it's people are like yeah that's where established people they play and i'm like wow okay this is so cool and i applied and i i really i mean obviously i was thinking about it i i hoped and prayed that i got it because i know that it would be an incredible op I mean any performance it can be an incredible opportunity even if you're playing to one person that one person could be an A&R that's right and you don't even that's know right. so yeah once I got that I really just applied and that's how I've got a lot of things or applied for a lot of things the women in music I'm not sure if they have 
um, anything like that for, for male artists, but for all female artists, I definitely encourage you to sign up for that. Cause that's where I get a lot of that information. And shame on me listeners. When I was just plugging ggrich.com and I mentioned Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, needless to say, Gigi is certainly on YouTube. In fact, a hundred thousand plus views in less than a year on your original songs. And then you've got covers on there that are in the tens of thousands. It's part of part of doing business in <laughs> in today's music landscape you've, you've got to be on youtube yeah uh, covers are very important i think a lot of people are like oh i don't want to just be a cover singer and you're not you have to make them your own that's the part where you are an artist you take them you make your own arrangement you come up with your own background vocals and harmonies and you make it your own song and that's why i love doing them so i try and post them i like it i, I like it uh we're in the home stretch here yeah uh, what is this stevie wonders house full of toys event that you sang at oh that was a few years ago for christmas he has a household toys event um for kids and where was that what city los angeles is that the nokia but wait it's not the nokia anymore what's i don't know what the, <laughs> the naming rights change on like sports stadiums <gasps> i don't know what the nokia theater is called now but it's where they have the award shows yeah, in Los yeah. Angeles. And I performed there. Man, oh man, do I remember that gig. <laughs> I didn't have in-ears. I didn't have oh in-ears for that gig. Oh boy. And at Soundcheck, it sounded great, of course, because there's nobody in there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the monitor. And I, as I was asking the guy, I'm like, are you sure that this is going to be okay once people are in here? And because the house sound wasn't on. I, I was just hearing myself through the monitor. And he's like, yeah, it's going to be fine. And I go on stage and I cannot hear myself i was freaking like i couldn't hear the music at all all mm. i could hear was the sax player next to me wow. so i was kind of like dancing around him this is thank god you're playing for the whole song because i'm trying to oh, trying to stay on piano? key i wasn't playing the piano that time no i was singing wow. with a band wow and um just for that show because it's a big theater but good for you that that you had the wherewithal during rehearsal to say is this really how it's going to be tonight and, well and it's not and i ended up going i ended up going out there without in ears it yeah, was the craziest yeah. experience but it was amazing and i met stevie wonder like it didn't even matter because i got my i got through it and i felt great it wasn't like it was a disaster or anything okay but what's a, what's the lesson learned from that because you know there's a fine line to walk during rehearsal where you don't want to insult the sound guy and tell him his own business but at the same time you now know from experience like hey um i want to make sure this is so so what is the lesson from that so basically what i would suggest if there is a capability, there are capabilities to have, is that correct? In-ears, if you can have in-ears, use them. Bring them yourself. Yeah, bring your own. Oh, I bring my own. I bring my own everywhere. It's worth the investment. If they have the capability um, for you to use your in-ears, use them every time. And then if they don't, I mean, there there's a way you can ask questions without being insulting. You can just say, hey... You know, and especially the bigger the theater you're in, um, the sound is going to bounce back at you when it's live and there are people and there's the band playing. And so I think you just have to ask, is this how it's going to sound? Um, because most of the time, some of these sound guys are just kind of assuming you know what's going to go on. And if you're a new artist, there is a way where you don't sound like you're an amateur or anything to say hey, what's, you know, kind of let me know what's going on. How is this going to sound when people are in there? Yeah. Because you don't realize well how much it well changes said. when there's a crowd. Well said. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, one, one last thing here. You're working with writers that 
you're, you're, you're trying to work towards film and TV placement. Yes. Just tell the listeners about that. So basically that all happened by chance. I had met a friend in Los Angeles who is a songwriter and he was actively working with a bunch of different writers who are signed to different, um, licensing companies out there. And I just met all of them. Really? I went out, you go out, there are sync writers everywhere, especially if you go out in LA to like peppermint club and, um, cause I think Interscope owns peppermint club. And so there's a lot of really cool writers and hotel cafe and you just got to go up to these people and talk to them. It's like, for me, sometimes I deal with a little social anxiety and I'm like, I don't know what to say. I'm like, whatever, just go up to him and say, hello. What's the worst that can happen? It's awkward. And then you walk away. So, (laughs) well, and unless you have a manager with you, you have to tell yourself that if I don't walk up to this person, then I have no one to blame but myself for opportunities not coming my way. Exactly. You lose out on opportunity. It's like the most that they're going to do is act annoyed. And then you're like, well, at least I tried. So yeah, just going up and I met, I met them and I said, Hey, let's get brunch. Because, you know, brunch is so big in L.A. <laughs> so you go get brunch <laughs> and whatever. And then, you know, you talk about writing. And that's kind of how I, yeah, I got into that world. And they were like, oh, you should work with this writer and this writer. If you're just nice and you're, you know, reasonably okay at writing songs, <laughs> you, you can attitude. totally I love work this girl. With this sync. is great. Good stuff. In sync, I mean. Um, we're going to close today with a song of yours called Mr. Boss Man. Uh, before we yeah. let you go, tell the listeners about this song. I wrote this song walking down the streets of New York. <laughs> Just because it's so interesting. It's like the hustle and bustle after, you know, during rush hour after everyone's done with work, especially if you're down in the financial district and, um, yeah, just seeing all the guys like walking around with their briefcases and everything. And I don't know. It sounds so corny when I talk about it. I'm actually cringing. But <laughs> I was just writing about that. Just like, I don't know. But is it silly daydreaming? Is it, is it oh, okay, Mr. Hotshot, look at you at your briefcase? Or is it, no, it's just a, it's just a, an, an no, Mr. Bossman is just like, this guy is successful and he did it on his own. He took control of his life. And yeah, it's supposed to be a compliment. It's definitely not supposed okay. to be like, oh, look at you, Mr. Hot. You think you're so okay. cool. <laughs> and, and I do know the song. I, I, I heard it when you sent it and I heard you sing it again last night. But yes. I wanted you to clarify for the listeners because the way you were building it up, it was like, oh, I'm seeing these guys walking down the street. Like, no, it's a compliment all to all of them. It's a compliment. <laughs> Awesome. Gigi, this has been great. Thank you so much for making the time for it. Absolutely. And uh, continued best. Uh, Hopefully our paths will cross again. 100%. Next January at NAM or the next time I'm out in LA, those types of things. But I know that uh, listeners, I'm sure you agree, we're going to continue to see and hear a lot of big things from Gigi Rich. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks everyone for listening. (laughs) Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, piano player Gigi Rich. Check out her official website at ggrich.com. We will have a link to it from the episode page for this show on nhte.net. And then once you land on her website, make sure you go over to her social media, engage with her. That means like her Facebook page, follow her on Instagram, follow her on Twitter, subscribe to her YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell who you heard her and her music. I now hear this entertainment. And as I said before, keep up with Gigi online for details as she announces when the new release will come out later this year. And then do purchase her music. She is streaming on Spotify. I know she'd appreciate it if you follow her on there. But purchase her music from iTunes. As for this show, we are all over social media as well. Just simply go to nhte.net. And there are icons that you can click on for your platform of choice, be it Facebook Twitter, Instagram. We even have a YouTube channel as well. 
And that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll close you out with another song from Gigi Rich. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Mr. Boss Man. I don't understand why you're so good to me. Feel so lucky. Nobody's got a gem like I do.
me please 